The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. Thanks for tuning in. Let me begin by wishing a congratulations to the New York Yankees and their fans. They are going to the American League Championship Series, where they will face off against the Houston Astros, or as we New Yorkers call them, the Houston Astros. Of course, the Astros, much like the Yankees, is a team that uh, the great Yogi Berra spent some time coaching for, so uh, maybe we can call this the Yogi Bowl, uh, which I think would be a lot of fun, but we're wishing them the best of luck. I'm happy for all my friends and family that are Yankee fans. On a much sadder note, the carriage horse who gained national attention back in August after he collapsed in the middle of a New York City street and reignited the whole debate about whether or not it's appropriate for horses to be on the streets of Manhattan pulling carriages has died. The sanctuary that took him in announced that Ryder has uh, passed away. He was recently euthanized due to his medical conditions and age. The sanctuary that took him in, Maple Hill Farms, said uh, that Ryder was taken to a farm outside of New York. His new owner brought him to veterinarians and eventually to a hospital in Elmont, New York, where he spent many days. He was diagnosed with serious medical conditions that required him to be euthanized, and uh, there is a necropsy being performed at Cornell. I have to say, I have never loved the idea of these horses being on the streets of Manhattan, dealing with Manhattan street traffic, and the stories that we've heard about a lot of the carriage drivers mistreating some of the horses, including when they collapse, including when they're clearly physically pained. It has never sat well with me, and I recognize that uh, I'm in the minority, and I've been in the minority on this issue for a long time, but I I tend to think that uh, it's probably time for us to do something else. I'm not trying to put these drivers out of business. I'd love to see maybe some sort of antique electric cars or robotic horses of some sort, and these drivers could get preferential treatment for those vehicles so that they're not out of a job. But uh, I just have never liked this. And seeing riders collapse in August, a horse that clearly should not have been on the street in those conditions and whose driver seemed to have very little sympathy for the fact that he was clearly ill is something that has only steeled my resolve in terms of thinking it's time to do away with these horses. And I wish we heard more from uh, the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, on this. We'll see what happens. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Do you remember the time before Mayor Adams took office, but after he was elected, when he was doing a media tour, going on cable news, going all over the place, talking about how New York was going to be the country's leader in cryptocurrency. He even went so far as to say that he was going to convert his first two paychecks into Bitcoin. And he did that. And it was a big boon in terms of Bitcoin awareness. And then, of course, cryptocurrency has dipped significantly since then. So it turned out not to be the 
wisest investment. But the point is the mayor made a big deal of converting his first three paychecks, not two, three paychecks as mayor into cryptocurrency. But the mayor's 2021 tax return, which he released to the press on Thursday after initially saying he was going to do a Donald Trump and not release it to the press, suggested that he had already owned some crypto. Asked, quote, at any time during 2021, did you receive, sell, exchange, or otherwise dispose of any financial interest in virtual currency? He checked the box, yes. As Bloomberg News first reported, he didn't report any capital gains or losses, which which suggests he hadn't sold any, but rather bought or received it. Adams has been talking very approvingly of Bitcoin since at least 2015, but there was no record of him owning any before becoming mayor. There were all sorts of other things in Mayor Adams' tax return that raised some questions, including the conflicting answers that he's been giving on a property that he's gaining rental income from, but we'll save that for another day. The point is this, though. If Mayor Adams did own cryptocurrency and then obviously he knew he he owned cryptocurrency and then as mayor or as mayor elect went all over the world boosting cryptocurrency which he had to know had a good chance of improving the value of those cryptocurrencies that he earned is that a conflict of interest is it self-dealing i have to think the answer is a big maybe And I'd love to see the mayor give some answers to the public on what did the mayor own and when did he own it. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Do you remember Jimmy McMillan? Uh, Chances are, if you are just... Hit with the name Jimmy McMillan, you may not remember him, but if we tell you his slogan or his party, you may remember exactly who Jimmy McMillan is. Jimmy Jimmy McMillan was the founder and the frequent candidate, including in the gubernatorial election in 2010, of the rent is too damn high party. He had sort of a, he would wear a bandana, he would wear gloves all the time. He was a quirky character and had been for years. He had sort of a Hulk Hogan style mustache. He looked a little bit like a, a black version of Papa Smurf, a great guy, and I've known him for a long time, even if he is a little bit quirky. And uh, he sort of catapulted to international fame in the 2010 gubernatorial debate when he made sure everybody knew his slogan. Allow me to introduce myself. I represent the rent is too damn high party. People working eight hours a day and 40 hours a week and some a third job. Women can't afford to take care of their children, feed their children breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, now some news regarding Jimmy McMillan 12 years later. City Limits caught up with Jimmy McMillan, who we should probably get back on the show. Uh, He's a great radio guest and a colorful character, even at 75 years old. His current residence is the Veterans Administration Nursing Home in St. Albans, and he's been staying there since February when a stroke sent him to the hospital. He blames an improper dose of medication. And now he is still fighting to hold on to his apartment. The owners of his building at 107 St. Mark's Place 
first moved to evict him back in 2011, arguing that he kept another place in Flatbush as his primary residence and allowed his son to stay in the East Village apartment. McMillan said that the Flatbush address was the headquarters of the Rent is Too Damn High party, and he secured a stay of eviction in 2015 that allowed him to remain in the unit. But now he's fallen behind on the rent, and he told City Limits that the owner, which is an LLC connected to a big developer, would not give him a key in an effort to drive him out of the unit. So he is now fighting to stay in his apartment. He's $10,737 in the rears to the landlord, and we'll see what happens. I'll tell you, Jimmy is a civic activist. He's a Vietnam veteran, and he's clearly somebody that's dealing with a lot of health issues. I hate to see uh, that he's worrying about whether or not he's going to be able to stay in his apartment. If I could make one wish and have it come true, it would be that uh, all of our veterans, including the great Jimmy McMillan, don't have to worry about the rent being too damn high. At least not so much that it would cause them to be evicted. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One more hour to go. Don't even think of touching that radio dial. If you listen to this show, I'm betting there's a better than even chance that you pay pretty close attention to the New York radio scene. And there was some big news on the radio scene last week when it was announced that 1010 Wins, one of the all news stations here in New York, and a station that I'm happy to say we're beating, they are taking one of the FM stations that they own, 92.3 FM, and they are going to essentially run a full simulcast on the FM dial of 1010 Wins. Now, 92.3 FM has a rich history in New York. Years ago, it was KTU. It sort of rose to international fame by being K-Rock. That was Howard Stern's channel. And then it was a Free FM, an FM talk station, which I actually listened to. I thought it was pretty good. It was programmed by John Minnelli, and there was some interesting content on there. And they've tried a bunch of other music formats since then. Interesting thing, though, I asked almost every radio expert that I knew before the show if they thought that there was uh, this was going to be successful. The interesting thing was there was no consensus whatsoever. Uh, there was a lot of debate among everybody about whether or not this was going to work or not. I wish that they would put something else on there. To me, it's a waste of a very powerful signal that could be doing a lot either on the spoken word format or in terms of music. And to me, it's an admission that Odyssey in New York has failed with uh, with 92.3 FM. I know the goal here is to reach new listeners that don't get AM either because of where they live or because their car doesn't come with AM. And I'm sure part of the goal also is to is to get younger listeners who tend to be on the FM dial. I don't like this, though. I feel like they're giving up, forfeiting, for lack of creativity, a world-class, still valuable FM signal to add unknown listeners, and we don't know how many new listeners they're going to add with this, to the AM. So, 
I am waiting to see what happens. Uh, and again, I spoke with a lot of experts. Some think this is going to work really well for them. And they point out that this has worked well in Los Angeles and some other places. Others thought that this was going to be a monumental failure. Ultimately, I think this is a reflection of the failures that we've already seen from Odyssey in New York. Nothing against them, uh, but uh, I don't think you could say they've managed their New York group of radio stations terribly well. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in this position. Beam me up! To be continued.